Hello, this is Larry Russ, former keyboardist and vocalist for the classic rock band Iron Butterfly, and you are listening to Seattle Wave Radio. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. Follow us on Twitter at iGuestInfo. Send us your questions and we'll try to answer. Now enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to another uh, episode of Northwest Prime. We're bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. And today we are bringing the world to Seattle with our wonderful guest, Oscar winner, Emmy winner, best-selling author, Patty Duke. She's a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You all know her. I know her. I, In fact, I don't even know life without Patty Duke. My whole life, has, <laughs> she's been in my life for, for, for my whole life. So I'm thrilled to have her on today. <laughs> in fact, I'm my parents love well, my parents loved you, my grandparents loved you, and I, I don't know a world without you in it. I, I really don't. Well, um, most of the people who ask for my autograph now have the same white hair that I do. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I will tell you, you really transcend age because I have talked with people. Uh, first off, people couldn't even believe that I was going to be interviewing you, and then oh, it just started coming out of the woodwork. And they, I mean, we had people from Belfast and Dublin and Seattle and um, Texas and California, they were all, you know, sending their love and so excited that, that you were going to be on the show. And I, I am, I'm thrilled to be able to bring it to them and just well, I'm so happy. Because you're going to give me the opportunity to, to say some things that I've wanted to say. And I'm thrilled to be talking to you. Well, I, I know that you have some breaking news, so do you want to jump right out with that? I would love to. First of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity to send love to our men and women in the armed forces for their extraordinary service to all of us. That's the first thing. And the second thing is you mentioned Dublin. Well, this is the first time I've had the opportunity to say publicly, that <laughs> I can't stand it, that my husband and I have recently achieved our Irish citizenship. That How is about that? awesome. That is awesome. Well, Really Your is. grandparents were immigrants from Ireland, and which is just they were it, it fits perfectly with uh, St. Patrick's Day coming up. It certainly does. You know, we recently lost our Irish wolfhound, who was a magnificent creature, and mm-hmm. uh, we used to take him to walk in the Irish in the St. Patty's Day parade in our town. We'll still walk in it, but uh, he'll be coming in spirit. Well, you know, I grew up with an Irish wolfhound. My parents, uh, when, when I was growing up, uh, we, we had a Irish wolfhound. Her name was Mish, which stands for Mish of Abala Kelly. And she was through the Abala Kelly line. And she was Well, then you know, a, you know how, I mean, they're just a giant bundle of love and comfort. They're, they're, they're like a human. Well, I think they're better than humans. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw my Irish wolfhound uh, judge me for anything, except mm-hmm. maybe that being is late true. for his meal. <laughs> they're just full of love. They are just the most loving, and they are gentle giants. They're really big, oh, but they are giants. gentle. Yes. We have other little dogs, and he never once stepped on them or corrected them for anything. This is kind of gross, but one of our doxies, 
used to, when he was, when um, Seamus was lying down, she would go over and we called her his dental uh, assistant because she would clean his teeth. <laughs> and you would think that the dog would say, hey, stop that. But he just laid oh. there and let her do it. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet, though. That's that's just how they are. My my sister has a Irish wolfhound now. Um, because we loved Mish so much, we really missed her when she passed away. Um, you know, as, as as children, she was a big part of our life. Um, my sister recently, she has a, yes, they a, are. a little... Since he's gone, uh, our house seems much bigger because he was mm-hmm. always uh-huh. such a presence in every room. Definitely. Are, are you going to get another one? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's so we have had, um, fortunately, lots of doggies and other pets in our lives, and every time one of them goes to doggy heaven, um, it takes a lot out of us. Mm-hmm. So I don't know mm-hmm. that we're willing to put ourselves on that block again, but I bet we will. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they are wonderful dogs. My 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 sister just got one about it, and I I think that the Reagan is a year and a half old now, and so she's just Aww. kind of coming into her own. You know, she's been kind of lanky and and clumsy for a while, but uh, she and and every time I drive <laughs> over, she just runs up to my car. She looks right in the window at me, you know, and it's just really oh, happy oh, to oh. see me. So well, tell your we, sister. We should, I think she mm-hmm. has a great discretion about what animals to have. Yes, definitely. Well, my, my, my parents started that. You know, my, my dad just loved Irish wolfhounds and, and still has, has a love for them now. They just need a little more room than my parents have now. But um, his, I don't believe he ever loved a dog like, like he loved like, like, like he loved that Irish wolfhound Mish. So we, we, we really miss her, and she's been yeah. gone probably 20 years. So Well... They're a presence that stays with us, I think, into eternity. So are, are you going to be heading, I, you know, I completely agree with you there. Are you going to be heading over to Ireland anytime soon? Well, uh, we, first we have to get our passport. This all just happened okay. uh, within the month. Um, wow. And figure out our schedules so we can go over. And, you know, there's a big discrepancy in our family about where we came from. Some people say County Cork. Others say Killarney. <laughs> so first of all, we have to figure that out, and I'm sure we'll visit lots of places in Ireland, but I would love to go back to where we actually started mm-hmm. and look well, up relatives a... that we may still have there. Right. Oh, heck, I'm sure they would love for you to come looking for them. Can you imagine an Oscar winner, you know, knocking on your door, hey, I'm related <laughs> to you. That, 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 that never happens. <laughs> No, it's just a lawnsman coming to visit them. <laughs> well, I, I, I will tell you, I have, I have a friend who lives in Belfast, and she is a fantastic, one of the best painters in the world, in, in my opinion. Her name is Jennifer Troughton. And if you get to Belfast, you should look her up because she is just a She's fantastic. She's first on the list. She's first on the list. Tell me her name again. Jennifer. I'm writing it down. Jennifer Troughton is Troughton. her last name, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. T-R-O-U-T-O-N, and she's in Belfast. Her studio's in Belfast. The nicest person. She's she's just a, a sweetheart, um, and you would absolutely love her. And well, we'll impose on her as soon as we can. <laughs> okay, she paints things like like it's a photograph. So so when you look at her paintings, it looks like a photograph, but she's actually painted it. 
So you will oh definitely have God. to look up Katie. Katie that kind she, she of would be creativity. <laughs> okay. Well, you, well, you are down. very creative. On the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds great. And um, well, you are creative in your own way, though. And you are a best-selling author. You've written several books, um, one of them, Brilliant Madness, the other one, Call Me Anna, because we all know that, that your um, real name is Anna and your stage name yes, is Patty. Yes, name is Anna. Anna Which is a, a beautiful name. Anna is just a, 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 a beautiful name. After several years of being called something else, I decided that I was missing a part of me. And so, as a, I guess in symbolism, I went back to the name my parents gave me. Now, I still right. am publicly Patty Duke because it would be silly <laughs> to burn all those bridges. Right. Well, that, that's, that's a brand. That's right. I couldn't think of that mm-hmm. word. It's a brand. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you have an official website, too, that, that, that we can send people to, and it's officialpattyduke.com. I, I think that's your website, right? That's where I've been going. Yes, it, it says is. official, so I figured yes, it was it official. Is. Okay. Yes. And, you know, some of the most satisfying things I get from that web- website are people who are either still struggling with a mental illness or have uh, achieved treatment and balance in their lives. And I'm telling you, it, it just, it's the one thing that really makes me uh, appreciate um, online. <laughs> right. Well, you're very active on Twitter, I've been noticing. <laughs> yes. Now, I have to tell you a truth. I write my answers in longhand, and my husband types them because I am <laughs> phobic about anything mm-hmm. electronic. <laughs> well, I do I, answer I can them under- myself. Well, well, you are about as active on Twitter as I am. I, I'm on Twitter constantly. I'm, I'm kind of addicted. It, it's the one piece of machinery that I did master was was Twitter. But I will say, you have the best fans. They are so loving, and you are so loving back to them. I've I've, I've been watching you. I guess it could be like being a stalker, but but not really. <laughs> I, I, I was watching you on Twitter. <laughs> And it, it was just really remarkable, you know. I mean, you are so great about answering people, and they're just sending love. I mean, you could just feel it, you know, just, just coming at you. you it really gives me chills, um, the, the way people are so willing to share that love with someone they really don't know. Uh, I mean, they mm-hmm. know me through my work, certainly. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think that I've been lucky enough to do the kind of work that appeals to people. But they really don't know me until they start right. twittering, and I twitter mm-hmm. back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we build up a relationship, which is, I mean, God, isn't that amazing? It really is because it, it was the same for me. You know, um, I, I was told a long, you know, a while ago when I first got on the Twitter, you don't really know those people. Those people really don't know you. You know, you really do get to know them on Twitter. You really do build a relationship with people. I think so. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I know that, that some caution has to be um, applied, but well, my feeling is yes. if you give off love, then that's what's going to come back to you. If you give off negative, right. then that's what's going to come back to you. So right. I choose nope. the love part. <laughs> <laughs> I choose love. That is exactly right. There's a, I had a lady on who just started a clothing line called Wear Love, Put It On, Wear It Out. And so I've been buying some of her 
that line, and I've been wearing it, you know, it says, wear love. And everywhere I go, because I have that shirt on, that old T-shirt that says, wear love, people just are so nice to me. So I'm Isn't never going to leave home without it. Mm-hmm. Well, when we get and out of just... the air, you'll have to give me her uh, number or a way I can reach her because I need new clothes now. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, I will give you Lynn's information, but it, it, it was a, a fantastic. See, I can't think of concepts like that, but I sure can appreciate them when I see them. Yes. I, I am mostly creative when I'm copying someone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about your movie career, and then we'll kind of go on from, from there. But, but how old were you when, when you started acting, and how did you get into acting? I was almost seven years old. Wow, I was that's not really young. Out, uh, not not out pounding the pavement for jobs. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a you know it's one of those good accidents of life. My brother mm-hmm. used to go to a boys club in New York City, and this couple who were managers of child actors came to see a play at the boys club, and he was in it. And afterwards, they said to him we think you're really good, we'd like to put you in show business. Well, that was asking him as if he wanted to be the Pope, appropriately enough today. Um, (laughs) And so he did. And he was a very successful child actor in live television in the 50s. Then these people wanted to have a girl in their stable, so to speak. And uh, he said, well, I have a little sister. Some people think she's cute. I don't. (laughs) <laughs> he's still like that today uh, anyway these people uh, interviewed me yeah my, my, they interviewed me and, and visited with my mother and eventually they started working with me and I became an actress mostly in, then in commercials and again live television shows um, I actually did one with Lord Olivier can you imagine? I was going to ask you about him. I was going to ask you oh, about him. Oh, my God. What the sweetest, sweetest man. And <clears throat> something like 30 or 40 years later, <clears throat> excuse me, they brought a bunch of old Oscar winners <laughs> back uh, <laughs> for, a, for a party of some sort. At any rate, I was standing for a picture with the whole group, and I was on the second row because I'm so short. And... Lord Olivier was about three rows up, and I turned around and I looked, and I, I swear to God, he said to me, "Oh my, Patty, how good to see you." Uh, what? What? <laughs> he remembered me, and I mean, I looked pretty different thirty-something years later. Um, at any rate, it was a thrill then, and it remains a thrill now. Um, I bet. I bet. So anyway, I got. These these folks who were called the Rosses, John and Ethel Ross, um, eventually they convinced my then very um, depressed mother, who felt um, useless in the world, um, they talked her out of me, so to speak. Uh, they convinced her that I would be better off living with them because they could do so much for me that she couldn't. And my poor mother fell for that. Um, and and never forgave herself until, oh, about 20 years before she died, we got back together again, and 
had the time of our lives, just a terrific relationship uh, because neither of us was willing to blame anybody. We were just so grateful to have the relationship after all those years of me living with those other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a? It's like a Dickensian story, actually. Oh yeah. Um, well, it's it, it was really a, a gift, you know, as Oprah would say, a full circle moment, you know, where it, yes, you know, you had a lot and totally. then came back around. And how wonderful yeah, that and, you got that opportunity. Absolutely. And during the years that I lived with them, I think they started out with the best of intentions, but as I became more successful, I think they became fearful of losing their control over me. And And then their lifestyle, probably. Yeah. And then there came a point, uh, which is tragic in anyone's lives, where they were so confused, I think, that there was sexual um, molestation. Mm. And from then on, all I wanted to do was get out of there. Um, oh, heck yeah. And I did when I was 18. Uh, and, of course, the way I got out of there was I got married at 18 when I wasn't able, I shouldn't have been able to be married to anybody. <laughs> I certainly right. wasn't equipped. But, you know, that's yeah, so kind that's of how women... how I got started. <laughs> well, you know, but, 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 the, but that was really common with women back then. Um, that was really women's way out of a bad situation was to marry. And thank goodness now Get women married. have more That's opportunity right. than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so you, I married a lovely man. Okay. I married yes, a lovely you did. man. But, yeah, but unfortunately my illness, which is diagnosed as bipolar or manic depression, uh, and I was untreated at that point, uh, created such enormous problems in the relationship that it only lasted about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my manic episodes got very public and very ugly. And always people who cared about me were suggesting that I go for professional help. And I, of course, ran the other way mm-hmm. uh, until I was 35. And then it became clear to me that I needed some kind of professional help. Um, And the reason it became clear to me was I had gotten to a point where I was abusive to my children, verbally and then eventually physically, which I'm still Mm -hmm. ashamed to admit, but I do because I know there are other people out there who are walking in my shoes, and I want to let them know that they can be treated and they can have a balanced life and they can they can take part in the joys of life. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's my skill. Mm-hmm. Well, so that, I got I got that, treated when I was thirty five. Well, well, science had to catch up because at, um, probably when you were in your twenties and you know and and when you're in your twenties you don't really know. I mean, you think you know everything in in life, but you really oh, don't. I knew I knew everything. <laughs> and now at well, 56, I know I know nothing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, you went out with some hotties back in the day, though. I mean, you had really oh, good I'm radar old. for attracting good-looking guys. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> I was, I was always looking for love, sometimes in the wrong places. 
Um, but I must say that almost everyone that I could remember dating, uh, because a lot of them were during manic episodes and my memories are really shifty uh, back then, but the ones that I remember dating were all really decent, kind guys. Mm-hmm. And well, no matter how you went out with, were. <laughs> well, you, you went out with Desi Arnaz Jr., right? I did. I did for well, about a year. And mm-hmm. he's Probably. one of the ones that that has stayed um, in touch and uh-huh. is just a gentle, gentle soul. Well, he's a cutie pie, that's for sure. I mean, oh, I yeah, can remember. Oh, yeah, you don't look that either. <laughs> <laughs> what was Lucy like? Did, did, did you get to meet Lucy while you were dating him? I did. Now, as a mother, I can understand Lucy's um, being so cautious about me dating her son. After all, I was older than him. I was also a divorcee. Mm-hmm. And if I were her, uh, or if I were in her shoes, I would have been a little skeptical myself. Nonetheless, I adored her, and I know that she loved me. As a matter of fact, after all the fracas about you can't date him, you have to get out of here, blah, 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 we ran into each other a few years later, and I was going up some stairs, and she was coming down, and both of us were holding the railing, and she touched my hand. I'm going to cry. She touched my hand as she went by, and what I got out of that was all the forgiveness that I ever wanted, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it just told me that this was was a loving and pure woman oh, who, man, who at that's... the time was just protecting her son. Well, us mothers can get like that with our sons. <laughs> yes. Yes, I've been known to do it myself. <laughs> you know, I have but I have three sons and one daughter, and I hate to tell you that my oldest son is now 42. That's the last time I'll claim him. <laughs> and the next one is 40. That's Sean. And the next one is Mac McKenzie, and he's, uh, he's about to be 40. And my daughter, Charlene, is, what, 35? And my son, Kevin is 24. And wow. Uh, Sean has three daughters, so I have three granddaughters there. And my daughter has two daughters and one on the way. So, oh, congratulations. You know, of course, everybody's hoping for the boy, but right, I don't right. care. The girls have been pretty good so far. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, that that is really great. So you have the Five grandchildren and one on the way. Well, congratulations. One on the way. That's right. And you know, having moved out of the L.A. area, coming here to live in Idaho, which, you know, folks in in L.A. thought was pretty goddamn strange. Excuse me for (laughs) the language. No, you're fine. Um, um, At any rate, living here now for 22 years has been so grounding for me um i'm treated i mean folks know that i'm an actress and i've been on tv and all that but they treat me just like the neighbor and uh i've learned so much from that about myself and about the human condition 
Yeah, you know, I lived in L.A. I was born in San Diego, and I was in the radio in L.A. for, you know, many years. And when you're in L.A., it all makes sense at the time because you're just kind of caught up in that way. There's really not a lot of time to stop and think. I mean, everyone's That's the best I've ever heard it described. That's right. And so, but then when you leave it and then you look, you're like, I must have lost my mind. <laughs> and so, um, well, I and, 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 lost and, and, my mind, but I found it again when I met my husband. Well, let's which talk is a little bit about Idaho. Mike. He's from here. <laughs> well, that's right. Um, so, Mike is from Idaho. You met him. He was in the military when you met him. Oh, this is some kind of story. It sounds like it, it was made in a TV movie, but I went to Fort Benning, Georgia to make a movie. And this fellow who was a drill sergeant was assigned to teach me sort of a cursory uh, view of what it's like to go through basic training. So I was given a, a note that I was to meet drill sergeant Pierce in such and such a battalion. So I went there and I asked for him and he came out and the first thing I noticed was, oh my God, this guy's gorgeous. And the second thing I noticed that he was just down to earth and kind and sweet. And he taught me. And he actually made me look like I knew what I was doing. And then about, oh, I'd say 10 days later, I was sitting in my tacky hotel room and, <laughs> uh, and reading um, a book. And all of a sudden, I looked up and said out loud, oh, my God. I'm in love with Drill Sergeant Pierce. <laughs> this is, I swear to God, this is, I did not make this up. The next thing is absolutely true. There was a knock on the door. I went to the door, opened it, and he was standing there. Wow. And I said, yeah. And I said something really corny. I said, I'm not going to fight fate, are you? And in he came, <laughs> and we've been together ever since. That is amazing. Very we're, coming up on, we're coming up on 27 years on Friday. Congratulations. On Friday's your anniversary. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That is amazing. You know, we've grown so much over the years from from the romanticism and the, the you know, being unable to not touch each other to deep, deep, deep friendship and mm -hmm. uh, caring and of course, there's still romance. We're not dead. <laughs> um, but anyway, I thank God every day for mm -hmm. that magical moment and all the ones since. Mm -hmm. Well, he has been your best friend for the last 27 years. Absolutely. And this is mm -hmm. going to sound terrible, but I don't socialize much. Because of the mm -hmm. way I was brought up, I never had any friends, so I don't don't exactly know how to make friends. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, friends close by, but we're enough for each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we laugh a lot, we cry a lot, and mm -hmm. we choose to experience life through our family and children and grandchildren. Well, that's the way it should be. I mean, it's, it, it, sounds, it sounds wonderful. That's, that's, that's really the way that, you know, um, life I have a couple really of really good itself. girlfriends. But they live far away, so we text each other or talk on the phone. And I feel when I talk to them as if they're with me. Right. It, but they're on other parts of the country. 
Right. One is in way up in New York State, and one is in California, and I have a third one here. So that that's the only hands-on girlfriend I have right now. Um, <laughs> well, I bet it's a real hoot when so, you guys get together. That's right. She's so easy to be with and mm-hmm. has never, ever asked me for anything that has to do with Patty Duke. Her friend is Anna Pierce. That's great. That's a a real friend. Yeah. It really is. You know, that's. Do you still watch the Oscars? So you're an Oscar winner, and and you remember your, you know, night when when you won. But, you know, is it as. Is is it an event for you to watch the Oscars like like it is for other Americans? (laughs) Well, usually it is, but this last Oscars. My son Mackenzie had a movie opening here in, or in Spokane, which is right next to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and so we all went to that movie instead of watching the Oscars. Oh wow! So that, that was a that was really a nice reason to not watch the Oscars. <laughs> and he's brilliant <laughs> in that movie. It's called well, Hell what, and Mr. What's Fudge. What's the movie called? Hell and Mr. Fudge. Okay, Hell and Mr. Fudge. Okay. Yeah, he he plays Mr. Fudge, who was who is a real person, and who decided he was going to try to prove whether hell existed or not. And Mr. Fudge's opinion is that it does not. Well, we'll but have to look into that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was yeah. it was very instructive the movie, as well as mm-hmm. being wonderfully entertaining. And I'm not prejudiced at all, mind you. No, not at all, Mom. (laughs) But, you know, um, McKenzie is a good actor, so I can imagine that that he did a a fantastic job. And I will look into Helen, Mr. Fudge, and and we'll, you know, maybe uh, get some word out on that. Well, Wonderful. Oh, that would be fabulous. Yeah, heck yeah. I I think people should, you know, we support Anna and her brand. He got out of the business. I'm sorry. He was oh, a no, child no, actor no. as well. Right. And he got yeah. out of the business because he wanted to play baseball. And um, that didn't happen. And he stayed out of the business. And, of course, he was in a culture where they did things that were bad to themselves, if you get my drift. Uh, right, right. Mm-hmm. And he went to a rehab a few years ago, came out clean and sober, and with an excitement for life. And so he decided to get back in the business, which is like next to impossible. Um, Mm -hmm. But he's made it. And so there was extra excitement about Helen, Mr. Fudge. I bet. I bet. Well, good for him. That is awesome. You know, um, I I have one son. He's um, 20... How old is he really? Because there's an age I tell myself, and there's his real age. He is 26, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think he's 26. Um, but he went through a horrible, um, when when he was in his later teens, um, a horrible uh, drug addiction. And my husband and I, we didn't have any experience at all with drugs. And so we just couldn't, we, we, we didn't know how to handle it at all. And of course, he was able to really baffle us for a long time because, you know, we were really trusting and, and believed him. And, you know, I didn't have any experience to draw off of. So, um, 
by the time we did figure it out, it was way out of hand. And it took him many, many attempts in rehab, um, three or four. And then one day, I think he just got mature also at the same time, and he stopped. And he's been clean and sober now for three years. So as a mother, I can oh, absolutely relate to you on that. To him mm-hmm. and to you and your husband. Mm-hmm. You know, part of the problem is that we are kind of innocent about mm-hmm. knowing what to think when our kids are doing something that we think is strange. Either we're inexperienced about drugs or we're in, inexperienced about figuring out if there's a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. When, I, when I travel a country and other countries, I try to give people some insight into what it feels like to be mentally ill and, and to give them hope that there is treatment now, the trick is getting that person to go for the treatment. Right. But now there's much more in the media about it, much more positive. Uh, still the stigma is there, and it's, it's strong. But we're taking baby steps, I think, to well, there allow wasn't people any to get exposure until you talk. Well, and, and until you talked out about it, there wasn't any exposure on bipolar or mental illness or anything. You were really the first one to come out of the closet, so to speak, and, and talk about so it publicly. I think so in terms of celebrities. You know, right. after I got my diagnosis and treatment, I was compelled, just compelled to tell people. I thought, my God, if I can come out of that deep, dark hole, i got to tell people that it's possible. It's kind of like when scientists have a, an enlightened moment. They're mm-hmm. obligated to share with the other scientists. That's how I feel about people with mental illness who can have mental health. Well, thank goodness, because not everybody feels that way. Because um, a lot of people would go underground with that, or they would hide that, or they would just keep it for themselves and, and not want to talk about it for some type of maybe embarrassment, which they should not be, but, you know, you can't help the way people feel. But but you didn't feel like that at all. And because of that, you well, were able I to did. really. Actually, I you did, did Lori. Like I did. Okay. I did, and I also was concerned about how it was going to affect my career, my just plain mm-hmm. old getting jobs. But the inspiration was more compelling. And wow. often I've said to myself, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And one day I was look, looking out my bedroom window at the squirrels running up and down the trees, and the sun was just right. I don't know. It was one of those moments. And I thought to myself, <gasps> working in the mental health community, that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I may have gotten through it in a circuitous way through acting, but my job here, as I see it, is to enlighten people that they can live a full and mostly happy life. I mean, none of us has a totally happy life, but Mm -hmm. the doors are open to them. Most people who are suffering in mental illness think that they're the only ones. I thought that. I thought I was the only one who ever felt felt that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the fear of, you know, the community not accepting them is great. Well, you needed to be have have that acting square filled in though because 
it all led up to where you are today. And acting and becoming, you know, um, a world-famous actress was part of delivering the message exactly. of where it you was needed the channel. to be today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. it was the channel that brought me to the ability to recognize what I have now and to be at peace, uh, mm-hmm. which I was never at uh, until after I, was, I got treatment and continued in therapy. Uh, once in a while, I still check in with uh, a psychiatrist just to make mm-hmm. sure things are, you know, copacetic. And um, <laughs> as many people know who go for help, uh, it, it is a chemical imbalance of the brain. Therefore, medication is the only way we know, plus therapy, to get things back in balance. But many people don't want to take the medicine. And that's the most frustrating thing <laughs> to me uh, and for, for family members who, know, who are experiencing um, chaos in their lives because this per- person hasn't been treated. Right. And so the, the, the medicine is the key, and, and it's the key. It I mean, it's one of the keys. It's, it's right. very, very important. Um, important, and yeah. I, I'll get on my soapbox well, in a minute about it. <laughs> well, if you were sick and you wanted penicillin, you would take the penicillin. Or if you had a toothache and you needed pain relief, you would take that. So, I mean, it makes sense that if you have a chemical imbalance causing you unhappiness or stress or depression, you would take just like you would take penicillin, you know, to cure whatever if you had an infection, you would take the medicine for your, you know, to, to, to help you get back on balance, you know, mentally. That's an absolute truth, absolutely, and I, I do use it when I go to speak uh, in different areas, but you first got to take get the horse to the water. Yeah, and why don't people that's do that? Where, do you that's where you need professional help. And however you go about it, I don't care if it's even um, letting the the person in trouble know that if they don't seek help, you're going to seek help on their behalf, mm-hmm. which is not a popular idea with many of us. <laughs> well, because probably when you're going through that, you don't really understand what you look like to other people. You probably think you have exactly. it in control, right? You, mm-hmm. you think everybody else is crazy. You're fine. So p- people kind of have to anyway, break through that. There's, there's room yeah. to celebrate that we can get well. Absolutely. Well, you are living proof of that. Absolutely living proof of that. I want to talk, um, ask you about, <laughs> th- 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 this is going to be way off probably the beaten path, but um, it's of interest to me because <laughs> I used to watch, I used to watch Tattletales with Burt Cosby all the time. Oh, I loved God. that show. I loved doing that show. <laughs> and I loved Burt Cosby. Uh, well, that's what I wanted to ask you. He seemed like he was just the nicest man on TV. And he I wanted to know nice. if he was really he like was that. funny. He had the best sense of humor, and he was—he too was very down to earth. You know, he was a big celebrity during that time, and mm-hmm. you know, he could have gone the route of being superior to everyone, and he didn't. He—he he kept his funny bone working, mm-hmm. and he made us all feel 
so welcome and safe. You know, the world is has a, c- a couple of dark light bulbs since he's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, he... It, it looked like a fun show to do. You had the husband and the wife, and, and, and maybe for, for people who, don't, who didn't see that show, um, it was celebrity couples or a celebrity and their spouse, and they would take um, one of the spouses backstage. They would ask the celebrity questions. There were three, of, th- three different celebrities. That's right. And then they would bring the, the spouse back on, and they would have them kind of answer what they thought their spouse would say. It was yes, so it's funny. Just what, the, was, what the other one said. Now, I got myself in a lot of trouble because <laughs> I, I have a tendency to just blurt out stuff. <laughs> and uh, sometimes my then-husband, John Afton, was appalled <laughs> at what I would say on the air. That's um, what made he, was it also, funny. <laughs> he was also a lovely man. We were married um, 11 years, and we still are in contact because we have children in common. And mm-hmm. he is just a gentleman. Well, he appears that way. Yep. Even though I've, you know, married and divorced several times, and I know that I've got the right one now, I have to say that my choices were really good, even if I was mm-hmm. unbalanced. <laughs> no, you and again, can it was, pick it was them. an That's illness sure. that caused that marriage to end. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. No, 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 no. I was just going to say you can pick them. In fact, you should have your own reality show where you match make people. That's what I think because you are really good at that. Well, it's interesting you should say that. I'm an ordained minister. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to officiate at a wedding in a few weeks. But a friend of ours who actually grew up with my son does reality shows. And he and my husband were talking and he thought there's a reality show in my ministry and getting mm-hmm. couples together and discussing why they want to get married or, or why their marriage isn't working and that kind of stuff. And I would be tickled to death to be able to do that. So we'll see what happens. That would, yeah, that would be really, really great. Now, So how do people do, get in contact with you for you to marry them? I mean, can just ordinary people? Uh, would you just marry ordinary yeah, people? Yeah, or? Twitter or... Mm-hmm. What did you call that? The website. The oh, yeah. Duke website. Yeah, the website. Uh, they, oh, all those is. messages come to us, and they're all read and answered. So bring them on. That is amazing. That is awesome. I ought to have you remarry me and my husband. That, that, that would be fun. <laughs> and we could bring my sister's okay. Irish wolfhound. Pick, pick the date. Yes, the <laughs> Irish wolf, wolfhound can be the best, or no, the maid of honor. Yes, we'll bring the Irish Wolfhound. That would be awesome. Oh, we'll have to do that. that that's that's classic. Oh, you'll have to know that I'll cry my eyes out while I hug her. <laughs> well, she is a real sweetheart. I wanted to ask you also, did you meet Jaja Gabor? I have. She was just she what as... you want her to be. She was, okay. she was over the top and glowing with a kind of, mischievous approach to people. Well, she, she was, was always fun. so well put together and real kind of a classy, you know, and I wondered if, if, if she was like that all the time or that was just her TV persona. Well, I don't know about all of the time, but certainly when I met her, uh, it didn't seem like something false. It seemed mm-hmm. like that's who she is and, that's, and she didn't care if someone didn't like it. That's who she is. Wow, yeah. 
Well, um, what about Richard Burton? Tell me about him. Oh, my God. Richard Burton. When I was a child, I played Kathy in Wuthering Heights, and he played the grown-up Heathcliff. Well, I was just gaga over this man. I mean, I was a little girl, but there was something that I didn't understand that was really romantic about him. Well, years later, I heard that Elizabeth Taylor was really peeved because he kept talking about this little girl that he just adored, and she thought, supposedly, that I was some kind of threat to her. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows if that's true or not? But I'm telling you, what a guy. Oh, my goodness. He had his limitations in terms of alcohol and stuff like that, but I didn't see that. I only saw this <laughs> magnificent creature and actor. Mm-hmm. There aren't many who can compare to him. Well, so he I've was been magnetic. I've so lucky with the people I've worked with. Oh, yes, you have. Yeah, and, and, and vice versa. I mean, they are, you know, lucky to, to, to work with you as well. But it's amazing that you have all of these stories and, and all these wonderful people. And, you know, those are just, you know, uh, amazing stories, you know, to, to hear about Richard Burton or, or Lawrence Olivier or, you know, Bert Convy. I, you know, this, you know I, I don't know how many people out there remember Bert Convy, but I, I just loved Bert Convy. <laughs> Well, I'm hair. sure he's going to show that show is going to show up on one of the stations. I mean, there are so many now. Uh, I know the mm-hmm. Patty Duke show is playing at some ungodly hour of the night, like three o'clock in the morning, on some channel. I haven't seen it yet because I tend to go to sleep around ten or eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I've definitely been on TV and seen the Patty Duke show. Or, or I mean, you've been in so many different things, TV, movies, uh, film, that there's always something. I, I, I think we could find you on, on TV now. There's so many <laughs> channels and, and there's so many things. You're probably on all the time somewhere. It's, you know, I have had an incredibly varied career. When you think about it, Burt Conby in the television game show, and mm-hmm. Lord Olivier, and everybody mm-hmm. in between. Yep. And some people say I have had a colorful life, <laughs> and I'm never <laughs> sure quite how to take that. <laughs> but I choose to take it as a positive. Well, I see you as a survivor because my grandfather yes. always used to tell me when I was growing up, life is great as long as you don't get weak. And I always remembered that. Um, because I was young when he told right. me, and then, and, and then he, you know, he passed away later. But I always kept that with me because what he was telling me is that it's not always going to be easy, and it's not like that for exactly. anybody. So it's, but it's, it's great. But you just have to hang in there with it through the highs and the lows. And you know, there, there was a lot weaved into that. That, that little line that, that he told me, and, and I see that with you. You've had a great life. And you, you haven't gotten weak. You've had a lot of things. You've been kicked in the head by a horse. I mean, most people don't even survive that. Just that one thing alone. And you you can string all of these things together. I mean, you're a walking you example what? of life is Lori, great if I, you don't get weak. I'm sorry. The telephone no, is awful because we don't know that the other person is going to speak. But um, I feel that starts with the basics. For me, it started with my parents. 
even though my father was a an alcoholic who died at the age of 50 from cirrhosis, and my mother was depressed most of her life, they still gave me the base. I mean, watching them survive for as long as they did has to have instilled in me, uh, you can't get me, I'm going to get up from this floor, and I'm going to rise again from the ashes. But there are still times, you know, aging has not been one of my favorite things to do. Um, <laughs> as I said earlier, I'm 66 now, and I've never had any face done and it shows <laughs> um, I think you look but, great but there are times when I can get kind of down about now I'm finally getting my brain in order and I'm finally having a philosophy of life and my damn body's falling apart <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not alone in that assessment no, I'm I'm sure you're not alone. How old do, do you feel in your mind? If, if if you weren't looking at your body, and and and, and I'll, I'll do the same thing because I don't want to look at my body either. But in 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 your mind, how 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 old would you think you are? Well, I've actually compared what how what age is in my mind by what age my children are. So I would say, taking Sean's cue at 42. I would say I, my my mind is in my 40s, mm-hmm. early 40s, very early 40s. <laughs> <laughs> but I now have the benefit, you see, it's a trade-off. I now have the right. benefit of having had a whole bunch more experience, even in those 26 years from 40. Right. And oh, I was I'm a knucklehead able, when I was in my 20s. Yep. I mean, I was wacko in my 20s. Um, Me too, but I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I thought I was like the no, smartest person on the planet. <laughs> we had all the answers then. Mm-hmm. But now I feel that, that the trade-off is that we do get some of that wisdom everybody talks about. And mm-hmm. we are able to see things through the experiences we've had. So I can't complain. Right, yeah, it it definitely is a is a trade off, and I wouldn't want to go back in, into my twenties, even though then I thought that I I did know it all. But I was, you know, I look back on my twenty year old self now, and I would really like to have a talk with her. But <laughs> <laughs> she needs oh, to I go and find out. Feel that phrase. <laughs> my twenty year old self needs to be in timeout. <laughs> I need to go back and put her in a chair in the corner. Wonderful to talk to. <laughs> well, I've had to learn everything the hard way. I've always believed, you know, how um, a, a lot of people will say that they're an old soul. I feel like I'm a new soul. I feel like I'm. This is like my first trip around and uh, to, to planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and I have just not got it right. You know, I really haven't gotten well, it. Well, I know, think down. you're getting it just right. So <laughs> well, when, you're it's, when it's time for another go-around, you're going to come here knowing, oh, just the way you thought you did. Well, I, I will be a lot smarter because I'm always, everything always shocks me. I'm like, really? You're kid-? I'm just very naive, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I would say innocent, but that would make me sound innocent, and I'm not. But naive was, is probably a better word. <laughs> But next time I will be a lot smarter, that's for sure. <laughs> but I sure like people, and I, 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 sure, I sure have enjoyed talking to you. It's just such a, such a huge pleasure. We could have to do this again. 
Oh, I would love to. And maybe even in person so we can hug. <gasps> Let's do that. We should come. All I, right. I, I thanks come again and to you can marry me. <laughs> thanks again to all the people whose faces I might not know who have put me here. I am very, very grateful. And I'm especially grateful to you today. Oh, Anna, you are just a a sweetheart. I've enjoyed talking so much with you today on and off the air. And Mike has just been a dream to work with. He really has your back. He set this whole thing up for us. And I appreciate his service. Salt and and I appreciate his service. So thank you for his service to our country. Thank you to you for speaking out. Um, you know, you, you, you have a voice that reaches a long way, and you put it to really good use. Oh, bless your heart. Okay, Lori, till we meet again. Okay, all right. Well, congratulations and enjoy St. Patrick's Day. And we'll toast Thank to your you. dad on we St. Patty's do. Day. <laughs> all right, <laughs> we my will love. A, a, Take good care. Toast to your dad. All right, thank you. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Anna, for coming on. Thank you for have having me. Have a good day. Okay. Bye now, Lori. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was the amazing Patty Duke, now known as Anna Pierce, or she's always been known as Anna, um, but her brand, her stage name, Patty Duke. So it is absolutely a pleasure to be able to talk to her. So as we shift gears into the next hour, I'll be taking this uh, experience with me uh, for the rest of the day. She's just a, a, a dream. Um, We're going to be talking with a young girl. Her name is Sophia Dion, and she is making a name for herself in the music business. I wanted to have her on the same time that we were having Patty Duke on because Patty Duke, as you heard, started at at seven years old. Sophia started at a young age. I think she's 13 now, but um, uh, she's been singing for quite a long time. I'm going to bring her on, and she is just starting her career, and you can see how far it took you know, Patty Duke, and here she is, 66 years old, and still making a difference in the world. So I'm going to bring Sophia Dion on, and we're going to talk to um, this teenager who's um, just started into her terrible teens, my grandfather would say. And this is her song called I Want to Sing, and we'll get Sophia on the line, and, and let's talk to a, a young girl starting her journey in life. I will be right back. You're listening to Seattle Wave Radio.
was I Just Want to Sing by Sophia Dion, and I have Sophia on the line with us right now. Hi, Sophia. Hi. Well, that was just a great song, and were you 12 when you recorded that song? Yes, I was. I recorded that song in Nashville over the summer, so yes, I was 12. And you're 13 now. You're you're all grown up in 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us about that song, I Just Want to Sing. So so you recorded it over the summer this past year in, in Nashville. Did someone bring it to you? Did you write it? What, what's the history on that song? Well, I co-wrote that song with a woman named Stephanie Quayle. She's actually a country artist. And when we went out to Nashville, we stayed with her. So one night, um, I, reco- I wrote the song with her. And so the song's pretty much about how wherever I am, all I want to do is sing, whether I'm with my dog or in my car or in front of a crowd or wherever I am. How long have you been singing? Um, well, I've been singing for a long time. I, Well, like my aunt said that she could hear me sing when I was about three, but <laughs> I started wow. doing performances when I was about seven for, like, little uh-huh. recitals, and that's pretty much when I started singing for recitals and stuff like that. Do you get nervous or, you know, when you're seven years old and, and singing in front of people, are you nervous at all and or, or did it just... Um, well, I'm just not nervous when I perform, actually. Mm-hmm. I just get excited. Like when my friends and people always ask me, well, were you nervous when you got up there? No, I just got excited. I don't get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That, that's you know, that, there's a lot of big stars that that, that um, suffer even to this day, and they've been in the business for a long time of stage fright. So that's great that that you don't have that. I, I'm not a person that gets stage fright either, so I can't kind of relate, you know, to to, to, to people who do. Um, but you know, I'm sure I have other things that they don't have. But uh, it, I, I think that's great if you're going to be in the public eye, not to you know have a big bundle of stage fright all the time. <laughs> Yeah, um, they um, p- people can go to sophiadion.com to follow up on you, which is s o p h i a d i o n dot com. Now, you also play the guitar, is that right? Do you play any other instruments? Um, I play guitar, piano, bass, and a little bit of ukulele. I've just started that. And you live in. Colorado right now. It looks like that you're going to be performing um, at the Park City Arts Festival. People can find out where you're going to be um, on your website. And you're also actually, on Twitter. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I actually live in Park City, Utah. So the Park okay. City Arts Festival is in Utah. So it's like right now. Oh, it's in Utah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you live in Utah in Park City. Park City is a beautiful place. Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah, it is. I would think that would be very inspiring. As, you know, if you're going to be a songwriter or something, a great place to be is Park City. <laughs> yes. And then it looks like that you're going to be performing at Summer NAM. That's going to be really a, a, a big festival. Yeah, I performed at Summer NAM the past summer, and I just, in January, I flew out to California to perform for the Winter NAM. Yeah, that is such a huge event. Um, you're with um, Bedell Guitars, and they were there at NAMM. And everybody who's anybody goes goes to that show. For, for those who don't know, it's, it's a N-A-M-M. And it's just a, a huge event for people in radio and in the music business and to show off you know, their products and, 
and for performers to get out and uh, showcase themselves. And I mean, the biggest, biggest stars go down all the way down to emerging artists. It's, it's a big deal. Did you have fun? Yeah, it was so much fun. I got to perform on the main stage there, which was pretty cool. And it, I got to, like, open up for Tower of Power, so I thought that was pretty cool for me. <laughs> that was big. Tower of Power, yeah, that, that's fantastic. That is great. Yeah. So is, is, is there things coming up that, that you're looking forward to doing this year? Are you going back to Nashville at all? Yeah, well, I'm living in Park City right now. I go to school in Park City. But over the summer, I'm going to be going back to Nashville performing for summer and him and probably spending, like, a month there over the summer, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, Nashville in the summer will be humid, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also will have the, um, oh, uh, maybe you'll be back there about that same time they have that big country music fest, you know, where all of the, um, it, it's not called the same thing it used to be. It used to be called Fan Fest, but for Fanfare, but now it's called something else, I think. But uh, it'd be great if you were back there for that. You could really get some great exposure getting to see just about everybody who's anybody coming through Nashville at that time. <laughs> yeah. Is there, um, who, who have you met, is, is there any big musicians that, that you've met that um, you've been, you know, uh, impressed by or or, uh, or been a fan of? Well, one of my big inspirations and, like, the people that I like to listen to is, like, Jason Mraz and KT Tunstall and Ingrid Michaelson and people like coffeehouse kind of music. But recently, mm-hmm. probably about, like, two weeks ago, I got to hang out with Cheryl Crow backstage at one of her concerts oh, in Salt Lake. That's, so. yes. that's great. That's I love Jason Mraz, but Cheryl Crow, she's, yeah, I, I bet that was a great experience. Great experience. Yeah. She's a guitar player, too. Mm-hmm. She's a great guitar player. Yeah, my I, I found my music is always evolving. Um, I, I kind of have an eclectic kind of sense of music. Um, one week I might be really into maybe, you know, Jason Mraz, and then right now I'm really into the band Fun. I just can't get enough of the band <laughs> of the band Fun for whatever reason. And I'll probably be off of them next week and on to Irish music or who, who knows what. That's the great thing about music, you know. There's something for everyone, and, and you don't have to be – pigeon in, in, into just that one thing you can you know you can like Jason Mraz and then like Cheryl Crow and you know it, it's very inclusive have, have you found the, the music business to 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 be inclusive and welcoming well there's yeah it is like there's a ton of music to choose from in my sets that I play usually all the music I do is a bunch of different music anywhere from like Jason Mraz to Michael Jackson to whatever it is so it's mm-hmm. to originals, to a lot of different stuff. What do your friends think about you and, and having this music career? <laughs> well, there's some kids at my school who get jealous, but um, a lot of my good friends, they're happy for me. And, like, I recently just had a concert that I played at on Saturday, no, Sunday, and a lot of my friends came to that. Like, my good friends come to my performances, and they come to see me, and they support me. Well, good, good. So you haven't had much, um, well, you, you know, there, there's always going to be the haters in life, you know, and, and, and they seem to breed <laughs> at school for some reason. It seems to be their breeding ground. Um, but ho- hopefully you have more supporters w- with your friends and than you do with, with the haters and, you know, no bullying or anything like that. You don't have any problem with that, do you? Well, 
not really, but most of the kids at my school, like, most of the kids at my school, they, they, they buy my song on iTunes, and what they, like, they'll sing it around school, and a lot of people on their computers, like, during classes, they'll ask to put on my song, so it's kind of fun, but sometimes I get embarrassed by it. <laughs> right, right. Well, school is a, I don't know, it's one of those necessary evils. You know, you could either be having a really great time in school or it could be like the worst place on the planet sometimes. But kids are, are just um, very immature most of the time. And so, you know, sometimes they, they just don't get it. But, but whatever happens, you know, hopefully that they, this this too will pass. And one day, I mean, it's, T- you know, Taylor Swift has done a really great job of that. You know, she, she really got it in school. People just didn't understand, you know, the um, her, her her performing and that type of thing. And now, you know, look at her now. Look at her now. Now she's writing songs about those people. So you can always turn, if, 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 if they do get to be, you know, too much a hater, just write a song about it, and that will put them in their place. <laughs> the yeah. power of but the most, pen. <laughs> but most, most of the kids are are good. Yeah. Well, I would I, I, I would hope so with, uh, with Park City. I've always heard great things about Park City, so I would hope that the kids would be there because, you know, Park City is a, a, a cool place, and so there's, I, I'm sure the kids got to be cool there, too. you got to be cool to live in Park City, just like Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the, the next song I have for you is called Stars, and so why don't you tell me about that song? Well, Stars is a song by Grace Potter. And I learned that song because one of my good friends is a dancer, and she was doing a solo this year, and she really liked that song. And she brought it to me, and she asked, hey, Sophia, can you um, do a version of this and maybe record it so I can use it for my competitions? So I kind of created my own version of Stars, just a little bit off of hers, and it's kind of like more my style. And I recorded it, and now she uses it for all of her competitions. But at our talent show this year, um, I played it live and she danced to it, so it was fun. Well, what a great friend you are. See, it's good <laughs> to have friends in the music business. I mean, you know, that, that's that's the best. If, if if you have friends in entertainment, you are set. So that, that that's fantastic. So we're going to play Stars, and I want to let everybody know that they can find out more about you at sophiadion.com, S-O-P-H-I-A-D-I-O-N.com. Um, you, there's a list of everywhere that you're going to be and everything that's going on with you. And you're also on Facebook, and she's on Twitter, and uh, on Twitter at Sophia Dion, and then you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash, uh, slash uh, Sophia Dion fan page. So there's lots of ways that, that people can find out more about you, and you're on iTunes. So we're going to go out with Stars by Sophia Dion. We wish you just the best success. You're just a very nice young lady, and um, I'm just going to be watching you. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, Sophia, for coming on, and we're going to go out to Stars, okay? Okay. Thank you for having me. No problem. Bye-bye. Outer space. 
interviews, and exclusive content on Seattle Night Out Wave Radio. Your town, your music, your radio.